0: Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I'm here with my co host, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan.
1: Hello, Joe. Wow,
0: I can't believe it's September already. I know, I'm so excited. I know. So the the kids went back to school today. I'm so thrilled. I'm jealous.
1: I got one more day. <laughs>
0: uh, so we're kicking off September in the right way. We're talking to Stephanie Robinson, who's an assistant professor of marketing at North Carolina State University. Hey, Stephanie.
2: Hey, Joe. How are you?
0: Good. Well, I think it's only appropriate in these days when school is kicking back in that we talk to someone from a university, right? It's there that time. Go. So can I
2: just say go Wolfpack before we get started?
0: (laughs) I love The Hangover. That was a great movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I have to get into my Wolfpack, you know, North Carolina State. So go North Carolina State.
0: (laughs) It wasn't until I went to Penn State that I really saw the religion that is football.
2: Yeah, it's kind of big
0: here in boston you know bc is kind of a big team and stuff like that but when i went to penn state it was a whole different uh atmosphere
2: yeah, whole new world.
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean i i think out where megan lives they don't even play football Ha 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 ha, ha. they certainly don't have any teams out there <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for joining us today it's great to have you on and we're thank here to talk me. Oh, and uh, we're here to talk to you today about uh, a study that you've done, you and some colleagues, called The Choice of Cause in Cause-Related Marketing. And Megan and I are hoping for our listeners and for us that you give us a little overview of that, and then we can dig into it a little bit deeper.
2: Sure. So basically the gist of our research is what we're seeing – recently was a new trend in cause-related marketing where companies were actually giving consumers the choice of where they would donate money. Um, it was standard practice for, you know, companies to say this is a, co- a cause we're partnering with. We're going to donate money there if you purchase our product. But recently we were seeing more and more companies give consumers the choice. And so this led us to one, you know, we started thinking about um, do consumers really want choice? Um, is choice always a good thing. So we just kind of went with that to start investing investigating whether or not a choice in such a campaign was, would help the company in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you and you did not just one study. When I first saw this paper, I thought, oh, great, a new study. But really, it's a bunch, it's a series of smaller studies uh, under the umbrella of the, of this overall research. So the first one that I read, and the first one I think that appears in the paper is a field study in which you're working with a roller rink to sell candy to benefit of cause. Is that right? Can you explain that right. one to us?
2: Sure. So yeah, just um so yeah, our point was we wanted to look at yes, do consumers prefer choice overall? And then we wanted to look at different characteristics that the company maybe with their campaign itself when that different characteristics that help and hurts, and also consumer characteristics. So we do have a lot of studies in here that looks at all different types of um, characteristics of the company and consumers themselves mm-hmm. to see when choice does help and sometimes hurts the company in the end. In our first study, the field study, we basically wanted just to establish that in fact choice does make a difference in the marketplace Mm -hmm. so we picked a popular item from the concession stand we used sour chews and and we did it amongst only the adults so the parents of the kids that came into this roller skating rink and Mm -hmm. half the uh, parents were told you know uh, the skating rink is donating money to this particular charity would you like to buy the sour chew and we didn't have a price on the sour chews and they were they could pay as much or as little as they wanted for them. Mm -hmm. The other half of participants were told that the skating rink was choosing the charity, and again asked how much they'd be willing to pay for the sour chews. And mm-hmm. we found that consumers were willing to pay more for the product when they chose versus when the skating rink chose the charity.
0: Oh.
1: And it was significantly more, wasn't it? Can you do you remember the the numbers off the top
2: of your head? Um, it was significantly more. It was two dollars and seventeen cents. Versus
0: 72 cents. Wow, that is a big difference.
2: So it was a big difference, yes. And one Very of the reasons,
1: difference. one of the reasons I love this field study is that we hear all the time that consumers are more willing are willing to pay more for a cause-related product if all other things are equal. But you know, here's an actual study that shows, well, not on, not only are they willing to pay more, but you know, they're they're willing to pay more than double. In this mm-hmm. experiment, anyway, I just thought it was interesting it's It's the first one I've seen that actually had a dollar
0: amount attached to it, so I think you know that's right. um, yeah
2: that's what oh I'm sorry, Joe
0: well, you know Megan and Stephanie, I think what's kind of interesting about this too it kind of reminds me of the experiment that Panera has been doing, I believe mm-hmm. in the St Louis area with their stores right. and stephanie, I think you are you familiar with these? This is where people pay yes. what they want to pay um uh, right. but I think in that case though, Panera has chosen the charities. Now, it would be interesting to note if people would pay even more if they knew it was supporting charities that they wanted to support.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great example of this exact field experiment actually being done in happening in the marketplace right now. Yeah, um, because I think because
0: they've been impressed by the results. I mean, that's mainly because I'm not out there uh, shopping at their stores, you know, so <laughs> 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 be on my <laughs> You'd pull
2: Maggie, the numbers down. Me, yeah, Megan,
0: could you see me at a place like that? You know, oh you know just I'd just be living there, you know. <laughs> 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 but it is a, a, a great example, and I know that they've been really surprised by the results out there in terms of what people are willing to pay
2: right yeah no I I agree Mm -hmm.
1: and then after I remember after I read that first study I thought well that's interesting but you're not giving consumers a choice of the company just having One cause, you know, where a company is affiliated with one cause one on one. And then I was, I was sort of laughing because the next study said that included a, a company is selecting one cause only. Can you, can you talk us through that next study about purchase intentions?
2: Sure. So we wanted to, exactly what you said, because it's more standard or more traditional to have a company choose one cause in the marketplace. So we wanted to test that against the company choosing a cause and the consumer choosing a cause. Mm-hmm. So we had participants uh, exposed to one of those three conditions, and this time it was uh, in a lab setting. So it was a hypothetical company, and participants were told that the company is giving a percentage of the proceeds from a sales of a calculator back to the community, So they were told either the company chooses from one of these four charities, you get to choose, or the company's paired with just that single charity. Mm -hmm. And then again, we found that consumers are more likely to purchase the product when they choose the cause versus when the company chooses the cause or the single charity condition. Mm. So again, we found that consumers prefer that choice.
0: So it's it's interesting in all instances, then, consumers really want... To be behind the wheel. I mean, you know, I think what's interesting about this, too, is that it's definitely the trend out there right now that consumers are, you know, that they are they do have more choice in terms of what they're choosing for causes and stuff like that. I wonder if that was always a case or whether the fact that people have opened it up is actually driving this.
2: Right. Well, th- we've seen in, you know, product consumption outside of cause related marketing that consumers do like choice to a certain extent. Um, so I do think that overall consumers, yeah, want to be part of it. They want to be what we like to call meaningful agents. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to feel that they have a, a role in what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that now they're given that opportunity.
0: Well, let me ask you this, this Stephanie. Um, I'm writing about a company tomorrow um, out, of here, out of Boston here. It's a, actually a company that specializes in mobile payments. It's called Level Up. And one of the things they've just designed for their app is that they've allowed people to donate through their app to good causes. And it's making it very simple, and it's really kind of you know a great model of what I think mobile payments are going to do in terms of uh, getting more people to give to causes. But what they've done, though, is they've given people the choice of five different causes that they can choose from right okay. now now if you were working with a company like that and based on your research how would you what would you advise them is that enough choice for customers do you think they need to have the choice on what causes they are or should they just expand their list
2: so that's a really great question and that's mm. actually something that we've considered for future research because mm-hmm. there's this notion of choice overload so yep. there was a study done um with um, jams, and mm-hmm. they found that the researchers found that if you give consumers too many options, too many jams to choose mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. consumers actually don't like that. So I actually think giving consumers five charities, mm-hmm. I would think, I would hypothesize that that's a good number, mm-hmm. because if you go, to, if you give them 50, 100 charities, say, yep. they yep. might have choice, what's called choice overload, and that might yep. be too daunting. And yep. if it becomes too daunting, they might just say, you know what, I can't decide, so I'm not going to give to anything. Mm-hmm. So I. think a small list like that gives that consumer that sense of empowerment but doesn't overload them too much Mm
1: -hmm. well unless you think that this study is is definitive i felt as i was reading through it i thought okay i know i get this this makes sense but then you threw in all sorts of different variables about different types of people and different types of cause fit Um, so can one of the things i think that i took away from the paper was the difference between collectivists and non-collectivists. Can you first define for our audience sure. what a collectivist is and then talk about the, n- the next study that, that looked at collectivists versus non-collectivists?
2: Sure. So, yeah. So, we wanted to look at um, a consumer characteristics. So, first of all, a collectivist is a, is a person who's generally concerned with the group's welfare and puts mm-hmm. the group's goals over one's own goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a collectivist individual wants to maintain harmony, interdependence, and cooperation. And and in general, there's certain cultures where the population is more collectivist. So more Eastern cultures mm-hmm. tend to be more collectivist, whereas Western cultures tend to we tend to be more individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in even in Western cultures, there are some of us who are more collectivist than individuals. So that's just a general overview of what a collectivist is. Um, and so basically, what we found is that people who are Tend to be collectivists. Um, they are the ones who prefer the choice mm-hmm. versus the non-collectivists, and the reason is is because when you give consumer when you give those consumers the choice, they feel they have this greater personal role in helping. And that, in turn, causes them to have greater purchase intentions. Whereas with the non-collectivists, they don't really prefer one type of campaign over the other, and their purchase intentions don't really vary based on whether you give them the choice or not.
0: Huh, that's interesting.
1: So if they're gonna if they're gonna donate, they're gonna they're gonna donate, but they're gonna feel more empowered if they're given the choice versus people right. who may not who may not engage at all, it almost doesn't make a difference to them whether they're given a choice. It's kind of... Exactly. It's more maybe of a linear decision.
0: You know, that's kind of interesting, though, in the sense that the group, the the people that are more group-oriented or more communal-oriented actually like having that much choice. You Mm -hmm. think in some ways they would be more open to someone choosing it, knowing that maybe that's the best choice for the group. Do you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to, opening all those choices to them
2: no and that's actually true and um if you um the collectivist research would maybe point that way. So that would actually be um, intuitively that's what you might think, and that's why these results are so interesting. And uh-huh. the reason we think that is is because they feel they're doing something good for someone else. Again, it's this helping others, this cooperation, and that's why they like the choice. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we did find these results very interesting because you could um, have very easily um, thought it be the other way around.
1: And I think one of I, we just have so much to move through. I just want to keep moving through some of these experiments. So I'm sorry to keep just pushing us forward because all of these are we could do she, a whole show Stephanie, on any one of them. Definitely
0: she's like that. She's pushy.
1: <laughs>
0: you should see when she gets off here with me and the way she talks. Right. Well,
1: somebody's got to keep you in line, Joe. Yeah. right. Well, and this is this to me is because when you read a when you read a study that talks about consumer choice, this next. Piece to me, I think, is pretty important, and it's it's the study you did on low and high cause fit and their effect on consumer choice. Can you talk about that one?
2: Sure. So yeah, next we wanted to move into look at specific campaign characteristics, and so just to quickly describe fit, uh, fit in the context of in cause related marketing is the extent to which the causes being supported in the program, have a strong connection to the firm's core business. Mm -hmm. And previously, what's been shown time and time again is that low fit between the company and the cause is not viewed favorably by consumers. Mm -hmm. So it's preferable to have a high fit between your company and the cause or causes that you choose. Mm -hmm. But what we find is that if the fit between the company and the cause is high, consumers basically perceive the company to be competent in their cause-related marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. And therefore, perceive their own role through choice as less important, but if the mm. fit between the company and cause is weaker, consumers are more likely to see the companies maybe not as proficient in their campaign and, and therefore view their, their efforts effort. to be more significant ah, so we that's do interesting. so we do find that with low fit charities. Uh, The consumers' purchase intentions are higher when they choose the cause before when the company chooses the cause. However, Mm -hmm. with the high-fit charities, there's really no difference. Mm -hmm. And again, this is because when consumers have um, view these low-fit campaigns, they feel that they have this greater personal role in helping. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is
1: like a perfect example of this is Toyota 100 cars for good, where they're giving away a car a day, and there are five charities that consumers are choosing from on a daily basis, and all of those charities cannot align well with Toyota. There's no way. I mean, they open yeah, it right. up to all these nonprofit organizations, but I think that's partially the reason that this campaign in particular has been so successful. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, because it, I don't know, if you were a consultant, you would always, I I would think you would always say, oh, you want a high, co- a high fit between your, mm-hmm. what you're doing, your company and your brand and the nonprofit or the cause that you're aligning with. Mm-hmm. But what I think this study is saying is that you can also, Try to reach the consumer more directly by giving them a choice, um, you know, within the context of, uh, of that life, low fit, high fit dynamic. I just think it's interesting.
0: You know what I, I think, think would, would be, be interesting, interesting on something, on something, something like, like that, that too, is. is I would be interested in what type of programs a high fit company and a low fit company do. And what I mean by that is I think a high-fit company that is integrating a cause into its business model and its values and consistent with what they do, they tend to do programs that are more like purchase-triggered. So what that means is the company ultimately makes a donation, Mm -hmm. the consumer just activates it, where I think a lot of low-fit companies or causes, campaigns – they tend to use point-of-sale campaigns, which actually ask the consumer to donate. So, you know what I mean? I wonder, I, I wonder if there's kind of a connection there, too, in terms of what's triggering the interest in the consumer. Because, you know, with a purchase-triggered program, it is a little bit more passive for the consumer because they know in most instances that a donation is going to be made anyways, whereas with a point-of-sale program, when they're being asked at the register, it's all up to them.
1: But often in those point of sale programs where they're being asked to donate a dollar, they don't mm-hmm. have a choice. It's like, do you want to do- donate a dollar to MDA? Do you want to donate a dollar to whatever? Right. So, but I see what you're saying. I think that's yeah, interesting. Right, I right. wonder, there you go, Stephanie, there's your next research. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
2: I was just going to say that next research study. Thank you. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I, I, what it is is, you know, when you look at more highly developed programs, you know, where a cause has really been integrated into a business, like, you know, look at like, um, you know, uh, you know, Coleman and breast cancer and like, you'll play, you know what I mean? And, and how integrated they are, but, but, and, you know, and it's a good fit for them, but it's also, they use purchase triggered programs. So the, you know, the, the responsibility of the is to mail in the labels and stuff like that. But I just think like, I would look at a program like that and say, well, they're going to make a big donation anyway. You know what I mean, so I don't know if I need to be as actively engaged in this as someone who's asking for money after the fireworks at Fourth of July because I know that's the only way they're gonna get paid.
1: all these questions well let's close Oh good <laughs> let's close it out with the, the another interesting little piece I think that came out of this about times when choice can negatively impact cause marketing efforts. And I thought this was actually really, really interesting. Can you talk us through that?
2: Sure. So, basically, we then asked the question is, are there times when choice can lower consumers' perceived personal role and thus decrease their willing to purchase the product and so we consider whether the amount of information shared by the company matters. Mm -hmm. So just to give a quick example, companies can share information about the extent to which charities have met their intended goals. So for instance we are eighty percent away to meeting our the goal of the charity versus twenty percent away. Mm -hmm. And I think uh Creighton Barrel did some had a campaign that did something similar to that. Um and so basically what we found was that the charity is far reaching from its goal. So we're so we you know 80% of the way to go consumers don't feel their input mm. will do much to help the cause succeed yeah. therefore they want the, the company to choose um, but when the charity is close to reaching the goal consumers feel their role in choosing the cause is more significant mm. and therefore have higher purchase intentions and so when they choose the cause So they like to participate more, basically, when they're, they're, you know, only that 20% left to go versus that 80% left.
1: And I think that's a really practical sort of tip, too, don't you think, as far as sharing information carefully? (laughs) Because if you're Mm. far away from the goal and you have a consumer choice campaign, you could unintendedly shoot yourself in the foot by discouraging consumer participation, if you're sharing too much information. I just thought that was a little interesting. Right. I mean,
2: it. basically the managerial implication would be if you're at the beginning stage of a campaign and you're far away from reaching the goal, just don't share that information, of course, until you're closer to the goal and then share right. information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, simple. And then why don't you
1: just tell us, out of all of these studies, and it, how long did it take you to do all of these studies? Like, how long have you been working on this?
2: Uh, this took... Uh, a couple of years. Wow. Okay. Wow.
1: So well, after all of these yeah. studies and all of this research, what has been what has stood out the most for you personally?
2: Uh, well, I guess overall, I mean, I do. Um, I mean, I think it, it's not that earth shattering that okay, consumers like choice, but I do think it's really interesting and helpful to see when, in fact, choice isn't always a good thing because I think. Overall, people could say, "Well, choice is good, I know that but i but we are able to show instances when you when managers maybe need to be careful about when they employ choice, looking at both the consumer side and campaign specific aspects uh so not just to use choice all the time, you know, don't go into it naively, so I do um that's one thing that, you know, was important to us was to show the pros and cons of using choice in the cause-related marketing aspect. But one thing that I would say is surprising is that if we look, go back to our first study, we, when we tested, and Megan, you brought this up, we looked at consumer choice, company choice, and then the single charity condition. Um, you'd think that a company who's more involved with, charities would be perceived to be more socially responsible, but what what I found really interesting was that there was no difference between the single charity condition and the company choosing, Mm -hmm. Um, and so that kind of speaks to when a company maybe donates to a lot of charities versus one, if they're not giving the choice, how much that matters, Mm -hmm. so I thought that was actually the most surprising from all the studies that we conducted. Hmm
1: fascinating it's all
0: fascinating yeah and you know there's so many different facets to it that's what i think is really interesting because i think there are like all these variables that you could put in place with all this data and you know and come up with uh really different conclusions you know which uh which makes a a course of action i think for a company or cause somewhat challenging (laughs) you know exactly
2: exactly (laughs) Well, hmm. we'll just have
0: to wait. We'll have to wait for Stephanie to get us more research. Before we get <laughs> right, exactly.
1: <laughs> Something tells me she's already she's already brewing on the next batch of research. Yeah, we're already working, working on. on the next one. I'll let you know
2: when we get our results. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do
1: you, are you, will you continue studying in this realm about cause-related marketing?
2: Yeah. So I... Okay. Um, a lot of my research lies in the area of corporate social responsibility and mm-hmm. um specifically our um actually myself and my co-authors Chala and Satish we're um working on extending this work with cause related marketing Fantastic. so it is an um, area that's um, i find very very interesting Good. so Excellent.
1: Yep. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing all of your knowledge and, and research with us. Can you tell us where people can find out more about your research if they would like to? We'll, we'll put a link to it in our show notes, but is there a place they can go to find out more about that or about uh, NC State?
2: Sure. Uh, well, the journal is the Journal of Marketing, and that's where the um, the paper is published. Okay. So if they were interested, I would say to check out the Journal of Marketing, and I know the the journal has, you could read the uh, full article, or you can just read, we've put together an executive summary, mm-hmm. that's um, something that, you know, if someone just wanted to get a high-level quick overview of our st- studies and our the paper, they could find on the website as well.
1: Excellent. And how about you, Joe? Where can people find you?
0: Well, of course, people can <laughs> find me at SelfishGiving.com. And Up to the minute, they can find me on Twitter at Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can we find you?
1: I'm also on the Twitters at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And I blog several times a week at Cause Update. So you can find me there. And you can find Cause Talk Radio and all the other rashpixel.tv shows on iTunes as well as Stitcher Smart Radio. So we do encourage you to take a look there. So on behalf of Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you all for joining us today for Cause Talk Radio.